Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from RNZ Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the program this week, the Black Cabs captain Brendan McCullum breaks his silence on the Chris Cairns verdict. The new Silver Ferns coach, Janine Southby, quickly stamps her mark on the side. And Team New Zealand's back out on the water in Auckland as its America's Cup campaign ramps up. The pinch is on with football, hockey and swimming all getting high-performance budget cuts. And the oldies but goodies head back out onto the cricket pitch with the launching of a Masters 2020 Champions League. Here from former Black Cap Shane Bond. The New Zealand cricket captain Brendan McCullum's broken his silence over the verdict in the Chris Cairns perjury trial. Cairns was last week cleared of perjury and perverting the course of justice after being accused of lying under oath about match fixing. At the trial in London, McCullum was the prosecution's leading witness, saying he had been approached by Cairns in India to match fix. Indian businessman Lalit Modi, who Cairns won a defamation case against in 2012, has indicated he may now bring fraud charges against Cairns in a civil case. It's obviously a pretty big deal in, uh, in New Zealand cricket, but I think now that it is all over, it's um, certainly time to move on. And from my point of view as well, I'm very comfortable with um, the evidence that I gave uh, in London. Um, but as I say, it's, it's now time to move on. Chris Cairns publicly asked why you testified. Is there an answer to why you didn't testify? No, look, again, I, I was very comfortable with the evidence that I gave, and I stand by that evidence as well. Um, but this isn't the forum to, to dive into those sorts of uh, those sorts of discussions. Um, it was for the courtroom in London, and, and that's where it took place. So, as I say, it's time to move on. If Modi takes a case, are you going to appear? Oh, it was speculation. Um, again, that's, uh, this is, again, not the forum to to be discussing that, uh, that sort of thing. We'll see what happens down the line. New Zealand Cricket has come out and said that as an employee they protect you from harassment. Have you been harassed by anybody since the verdict? Well, you blokes for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> been at my house and all that sort of stuff, but no, well, it's not too bad. And I guess that's the, that's the nature of living in a small country as well that you know most people here, so you're, you're going to run into them occasionally too. How do you feel? Having your reputation uh, touched by going through a process like this, but do you feel your reputation has been hit uh, in any way? No, look, I don't think my reputation's um, been on the line during the whole thing. I think I was one of a number of witnesses um, who uh, who gave evidence in the trial, and um, you know, people are going to have their own opinions on what unfolded. But yeah, I was comfortable with it, and, uh, and as I say, I think it is time to move on and, and focus on a bit of cricket now as well. President, can you, can you tell us what your immediate reaction was when you heard the verdict? Um, yeah, I didn't hear it for a while, to be honest. I, was, um, I just got back from uh, from Australia, but yeah, it, for me that wasn't, it's not about whether someone's guilty or not guilty. It was my, my role was to go and give the evidence in, in the trial, and, and that's what I did, and, and remained pretty unemotional about it, to be honest. That's Black Cab's captain, Brendan McCullum. 
The new Silver Ferns coach, Janine Southby's quickly stamped her mark on the side, dropping young players Malia Parseka and Phoenix Karaka from the squad. Shooter Parseka and defender Karaka have been left out of the 2016 squad after both played in this year's World Cup and the Constellation Cup series against Australia. Returning to the side is the veteran shooter Catherine Latu, who previous coach Waitamanu left out of the World Cup squad and the Constellation Series squad. Also back is the experienced Mystics defender Anna Harrison, who returns following the birth of her second child. There are three newcomers, defenders Jess Moulds and Storm Purvis, and midcourter Gina Crampton. Captain Casey Kopua isn't part of the squad as she's pregnant. Matt Chatterton spoke to Catherine Lato about the trials and tribulations that she's been through as she tried to get back into the side. It really meant a little bit more than I really gave it credit for. Um, I'd been down a rubbish couple of months actually leading up to this and so I knew how much I wanted it but occasionally I needed a reminder because um, it gets quite hard being disappointed and so close together I guess those disappointments really hurt me um, so I was forced to figure out how much I wanted it and I worked it out. Don't want to drag up bad memories but <laughs> would you mind just yeah. giving us a bit of an idea of what was going through your head particularly with the World Cup not making it and then also Constellation Cup what was what were the thought what was the thought process? I guess initially I thought not making the World Cup was the worst day of my life um, up until I got told I wasn't um, available for the Constellation Cup. I didn't think I could possibly get hurt again twice, um, but the second one really hurt me um, because I did go away and do a lot more work and I came back fitter, stronger, I played better netball and it still wasn't good enough, so that one took it out of me more than I gave it credit for. Um, it was really hard to pick myself up after that one. Um, I have had to have a lot of conversations with my loved ones and my friends and my family um, to have them tell me everything's going to be alright um, because I obviously had lost a lot of confidence in myself. What were the, some of the things that you had to go away and work on and also I suppose from the mental side what did you have to go away and sort of to build that confidence back up what did you have to do? Um, I just really picked up on my training. I knew that um, to count myself in I had to be physically better and I worked really hard on that and um, my partner had left me to go and play rugby in Italy and so I stayed here with a clear intention of trying to get back in. Um, so it were, it were daily arguments about me telling him I'd finish and him telling me that's not good enough and that I wasn't done. So it was definitely now I have a great support system that actually picked me up when I couldn't even pick myself up. So um, that was a big part for me. Do you have any ill feelings towards why... Uh, after the World Cup and the Constellation Cup, because obviously now you're back in the squad, do you think maybe there was something there that she didn't see that obviously Janine does? Um, I think I do possess some skills and some talents that I don't see in other people, and that's just the, the code that we're in. You have to be good at something, and you have to be better than someone else at that something. So I, I know everyone's trying to fish for this personal vendetta, but I mean... Whether I made the team or not a couple of months ago, to try and get back in was always on the cards. Um, and while the results never actually came my way, to be here right now trying to get back in was where I was always going to be. So, um, no, we don't. I know what I'm good at and I had to work on um, those skills to bring them out a little bit more. Have you actually had a conversation with Y since uh, the Constellation Cup at all? Had she talked to you post post that tournament? No, not at all. I think we just moved on after um, she told me I wasn't needed for the Constellation Cup and um, 
yeah, I just had to find my love again. And so now you're back in the team. Could you give us a bit of a description of what it's like? I mean, I know it's only been a few days, but have you had a chance to sort of gather some thoughts on what the difference between Janine's coaching style and Wise is? Um, it's really been hard. I mean, she's just sat there and watched us play. We've had no interaction at all. As trials are, you know, we need to sort ourselves out. But, um, yeah, she's shaking things up a little bit with the naming of this um, squad. So um, we know she means business and we also know what we're good at. And I think there was some great netball out there at trials because it's December. I mean, no one's really thinking netball at the moment. Everyone's just running, biking, all that stuff, all the boring stuff. So um, I think... Um, it show, we show some promise, so I think it's going to be a good group of girls. Were you surprised by any of the names that have been included in the team uh, for the 2016 season? Because I see people like Phoenix and Malia have been left out. Did that come as much of a surprise to you? Yeah, always. And, I mean, it's no disrespect to us or the ones that did get in, but it's always a really hard time and it's a really awkward situation, especially when you know how passionate everyone is. So, you know, making the team is often bittersweet because you're happy for yourself, but then... It, you feel sorry for your mates so I mean that's how cutthroat it is and I've been on the other side of it a few more times than I'd like so I do know how they feel and um, I know that if they want it hard enough they'll come back just like I had to. Moving forward you've got ANZ next year what are some of the things that you want to work on going into that in, in preparation for uh, August when you guys get into the swing of uh, the New Zealand or the Silver Ferns games? Yeah, it's been a little bit hard to focus on Mystic stuff because this was the big cloud hanging over me, um, especially for my third crack at it. Um, so I think um, it was good that Scars got back into the squad and obviously Kayla can do no wrong. She's a little bit amazing. So um, our Mystics team is looking quite strong for next year. So um, that'll be the focus from here on in is to try and stay fit and ready so we can hit the ground running. That's Silver Fern shooter Catherine Latu talking to Matt Chatterton. Team New Zealand's back out on the water in Auckland, launching a development boat this week to trial design ideas for the 2017 America's Cup. The boat is based on the AC-45 Catamaran class and has been bought from Italy's Lunarosa Syndicate, which designed significant modifications before quitting the Cup. Team New Zealand skipper Glenn Ashby says the boat includes the Italian modifications and some that Team New Zealand has designed. It's a a derivative of an AC-45, a standard AC-45 catamaran, which um, all the, the test boats have to be have to use the AC-45 hulls. Obviously foils, control systems and bits and pieces like that can be different and this is very much a, a test boat and will be used as such. So uh, the performance of these boats compared to the AC-45F, which is a circuit boats that we're sailing around on for the World Series, um, this boat's quite a lot different as are most of the test boats, so the performance of this boat should be you know, far in excess of what we're seeing at the uh, the World Series. By what sort of amount? 50% better? or At times potentially 50% better, um, at times a little bit less, but um, it, it's certainly going to be a, a boat that will um, you know, step us into the, the direction of where we're needing to go for the, for the race shot uh, in, in about 12 months' time. So you've acquired this boat and the work from Luna Rossa. How much of a leap does that give you from if you'd ploughed on on your own? Yeah, look, certainly getting on the water, um, it, it gives us a, a good advantage being able to, to, to borrow this boat effectively. We've got to give this boat back at the end of the campaign, so we've got to look after it and make sure it's in, in good shape. But um, at the end of the day, the, you know, the testing and the development side 
of the on-water stuff is a big part of the campaign, but what we've been working on as a team in the background well before we even had the opportunity to get this boat um, is really sort of rolling forward at a great rate of knots. So uh, no, we're, we're just pleased to get on the water and, and validate some of the, the tools and the bits and pieces we've been working on. In so the how much of your own work is in this? Uh, a lot, uh, quite a lot. The, the, the external skeleton of the boat is very much um, uh, what was used before, but the internals and the, the control systems uh, have been, and the hydraulics and electronics have, have been changed quite a lot. With the race boats, we'll, we'll be effectively developing right up until the till the race day mm -hmm. of the actual America's Cup itself. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those ones, the same as, as last time. You, you, you're continually developing, and obviously some things need to lock in. You know, you've got to build a wing, you've got to build dagger boards and those sorts of things, but certainly control systems and hydraulics and electronics will be developing right the way through um, and, until race day. As this boat is today, is there much on it that you wouldn't want your competitors to have a close look at? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, with all the teams, I think they've, you know you work long and hard to uh, to, to to make sure that you, you've got an advantage. And I think um, you know certainly this boat, whilst it's been in the water before as such, there's a lot of new things on this boat that haven't been probably seen before. A lot of things you can't see, which are probably a good thing for you guys. <laughs> but um, no, look, at the end of the day, it's a it's a it's a de development and technology. And I think that the boats that we're going to see sailing at the next. America's Cup will be, you know, make the old AC-72s look like absolute dinosaurs. These will be far more advanced electronically and technology-wise uh, technology than we've ever, ever seen before. So pretty exciting times for yachting. Is it going to be a challenge for the sailing team uh, stepping up from the performance that you've been used to? Um, this type of sailing is much different to the to the standard sailing. We do a lot less physical on this boat because you've just a lot of lot of push button operations. But um, at the end of the day, the, the the race boats that we will be sailing will be extremely physical, and um, managing that power requirement is going to be a huge a huge job for the crew. So it's a very much a delicate balance with the uh, the guys providing the power and giving the the designers and the engineers accurate feedback of what systems they can design for the power that they're going to be uh, be able to use. So it's a it is a very much a delicate balance between the sailing team and the design team moving forwards and that's a that's a huge part of it and a, and a part that um, I think you know, Emirates Team New Zealand has uh, been very strong at in the past. This boat for us is much more about sort of having the interaction between the designers um, and the engineers so um, whilst uh, you know Pete and Blair will be in and out quite a lot with their 49er campaign there'll be a lot of us here um, you know working and sailing this boat you know day after day giving the designers and the engineers feedback. Pete and Blair will be around a lot, but um, at the end of the day, it's a full team team effort that goes into designing, you know, the the race yacht. And at the end of the day, this one will be uh, very much key to, to to getting that underway. Is it just the boat you've got from Luna Rossa, or have they brought their design people over and taken you through? what they've been up to? Look, we've, we've um, been able to hire a few of their guys, as as have some of the other teams. But um, no, we've 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 um, you know basically got the equipment of the, of the boat and um, and obviously the guys that have come over here, um, some electronics guys have helped us put the boat back together again which has been fantastic and uh, at the end of the day you know they, they've put a huge amount of effort into their, their campaign previously and we've just been very very fortunate that they've, that they've um, you know, lent us this boat uh, to get on the water and uh, we'll be very much looking after it. That's Glenn Ashby and Team New Zealand will launch its own 45 foot development boat next year and it's America's Cup race boat in early 2017. Football, hockey and swimming are the losers in the latest government funding announced for top-level sport. The national women's football team, the Football Ferns, has had its funding cut by $150,000 to $800,000 after failing to get past the pool stages at this year's World Cup. 
The men's hockey team's failure to gain direct qualification for the Rio Olympics has led to its funding being cut by $50,000 to $700,000. And swimming's also missed a number of its performance targets, leading to a funding cut of $100,000. Rowing and cycling get an extra 100000 while Rugby League also gets another 50000 to assist the Kiwis in their build-up to the 2017 Rugby League World Cup. Athletics and canoe racing get another 75000 while Paralympics gets another 55000 The Chief Executive of High Performance Sport New Zealand, Alex Bauman, explains the rationale behind the decisions. When you look at uh, a third year of an um, Olympic or Paralympic cycle, it's, it's really refinement. You know, we did make the major shifts in, in 2014 to ensure that sports could plan appropriately uh, for the Games. So this is just um, certainly tweaking. The money or extra money for, for the likes of rowing and cycling, you're talking $100,000. Is that lined up to anything in particular that they want going into Rio? Have they come to you and said, we need yep. an extra $100,000 for, for X? We had some good discussions, uh, open and honest dialogue in the performance reviews, uh, mainly used for rowing. It, it differentiates on a sport-by-sport sport basis, but for rowing it was you know, additional, additional logistic support, um, you know, accommodation costs on split tours, uh, you know, the other aspect, the possibility in terms of coaching salaries, you know, taking a look at, uh, at the future for, for 2020 as, as well. And for cycling? Uh, for cycling, uh, additional equipment, uh, overseas medical support was, was quite important for them. And uh, there's some additional costs with the London World Championships in, in March for track. Rugby league might be uh, a little happier too. Well, I think so, and and you know that's that's a challenge, as you know, what, what we have in terms of uh, you know Olympic uh, goals, you know that 14 plus medals for Rio, Paralympic uh, gold medals, uh, 12 gold medals uh, for for Rio, and then obviously on the non-Olympic uh, side, winning at World Championships. But you know they they have demonstrated that uh, um, they can they can perform on the on the world stage, obviously being number one and and, and beating Australia. So so they have an increase. Uh, Obviously, as, as well with that 2017 uh, World Cup um, being um, being at, at home, um, that additional support is 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 for that. Their class is a campaign sport, but uh, they had a performance review as well in terms of uh, taking a look at their key performance indicators and ultimately what their performance needs are moving forward. You know, I, I think rugby league is is, is in line now with with, uh, with cricket in terms of uh, the investment and and that's where they probably should be men's hockey they they, they get a cut that's obviously disappointing their, their performances and not gaining direct qualification for rio uh yeah there's certainly um an underperformance element in 2015 they had some some good um games um against australia um, in the past, but uh, the fact that uh, they performed poorly in, in World League Three uh, meant that they would get a cut, a uh, very moderate cut. Uh, you know, as you may remember, they they did get receive uh, receive a significant cut last year of 250,000. Uh, so um, this maintains the momentum for their campaign, and uh, I know there's appeal still going on uh, for the Olympics, but we're assuming that they will be going, and this investment is on that assumption. The football ferns, the disappointing effort at the World Cup, that, that's cost them. This uh, certainly is a, a difficult one because uh, the problem with football, uh, really only uh, see um, you know, uh, how they're doing um, after three years um, at, at the World Cup in terms of that pinnacle event. They have obviously a lot of 
friendlies uh, between nations, and, and the New Zealand has done well, but not getting out of pool play at the World Cup uh, was was under performance. Um, you know, having said said that, you know, there's no chance outside chance uh, due to uh, a less competitive Olympic field size and draw compared to the World Cup. Um, you know, so uh, we, we've tried to maintain, um, uh, I, I guess. The, the cuts in, in relation to them being able to ensure that they have a campaign and, and still can perform well at the Olympic Games. You say swimming has missed a number of key performance indicators. What, what are those that, that have cost them? Well, actually, swimming happened at the end of June because we had a, um, a six-monthly uh, performance review. And um, I have to say at that point in time, they missed a number of key performance um, uh, indicators in, in terms of performance and, and process and systems in terms of the National Training Centre, etc. But having said that, in the last six months, they have improved. On the face of it, it would seem they've been pretty fortunate because they are pretty much a, a one-horse sport with, with Lauren Boyle. How, how come they keep getting that level of funding? Well, I think, uh, you know, it is a 34-medal uh, <laughs> sport in, in the first instance. But also, I think when we looked at uh, the sport, uh, we did see some potential uh, for athletes. And if we get the structure right, um, then uh, we do see potential in swimming in terms of strengthening the club system, making sure that the National Training Centre is is functioning well here. So we still do uh, see potential. But for 2016, really, I mean, we see Lauren as as the middle potential. There's not much else there. But again, uh, you know, with some of these sports, we're taking a bit longer uh, approach. As long as they can demonstrate that uh, they have the potential for 2020, and it's all about, you know, one of our key goals is that sustainability of of the system as well. So it's it's a bit of a delicate balance. Uh, understand, but Lauren is really only in the mix for for a medal in swimming. Was it was it tougher? Making these calls, I mean, how I mean, how tight's the money getting? The money, money is very tight. Um, you know, I think uh, obviously we had to make some reductions uh, to be able to fund some of these increases. Uh, we found some efficiencies uh, within our organization. Um, there's no doubt we're stretched. Um, the national sporting organizations are, are stretched as well. Um, we're very fortunate we get $62 million, uh, from from the government, and, and I think we're, we're fine up until Rio 2016. But, you know, the, the, the bar has been lifted, and uh, I, I do think if we want to keep the engine going, uh, you know, further investment will be required. I was talking to the Chief Executive of High Performance Sport New Zealand, Alex Bauman. Five former Black Caps are set to play in the inaugural Masters Champions League, which will be played in Dubai in January. The former New Zealand cricket captain Dan Vittori and fast bowler Shane Bond will play for the Sagittarius Soldiers, while all-rounders James Franklin and Scott Styrus have been bought by the Leo Lions. Kyle Mills, who's the most recent of the retired Black Caps, has been signed by the Gemini Arabians. The Masters Champions League's a T20 tournament and will be made up of six teams in its first year with a total of 90 players taking part. The former South African all-rounder Jacques Cullis, regarded by many as the greatest all-rounder of the modern era, attracted the highest bid of $260,000. Former South Africa captain Graham Smiths even suggested that he'll use the competition as a stepping stone to return to international cricket. Also featuring in the tournament's the former Australia wicketkeeper Adam Gilchrist. I asked Shane Bond what lured him back. It's like anything, the opportunity to go and into a, into a league where um, get a chance to play some cricket again, but obviously there's a few bucks around as well as 
um, and it's and it's master, so it's sort of my vintage. Um, yeah, through through my name, the hat didn't really know what to expect, but um, really happy to get picked up. What sort of shape are you in? How how much bowling have you done? Uh, I've been bowling sort of in the nets every couple of days for four weeks. So once I knew I was um, put my name down, which was a fair while ago, uh, and I knew that the auction was approaching, I, I sort of did a little bit of bowling at the tailenders or on the game days at the Kings batters just to sort of get myself going on the off chance that I got picked up. So, you know, I'm in and around cricket, so I'm always throwing, hitting balls in a reasonable shape in terms of fitness. It's the bowling's been a little bit of a struggle to get going, but the last few weeks haven't been actually too bad. So how, how would you rate your speed as compared to your prime? Oh, it's way down. <laughs> to be fair, there's no way I'm getting anywhere near that, mate. But I can still bowl down the down the channel, which isn't too bad. And I think um, yeah, I haven't really bowled off uh, any sort of long run at the moment. But um, yeah, I think once I once I get up and up and going over the next few weeks, then hopefully I can bowl at a at a, at a reasonable clip. Because the lineups are, are they're um they're not to be sneezed at. So some of the the players you've got, there's Gilchrist. I mean, I see he's in your your side, which you might be quite relieved about. Oh, I'm probably more relieved Mahalas in our team, the way he's been playing at the moment. But, no, you're right. I mean, when you look at the blend of players, there's a few guys like myself who haven't played for a for a long period of time. And then you've got guys who are, you know, like the Jeet Patels, the James Franklins. Now, these guys are county pros, still still playing a very high level of cricket. So, there's a bit of a blend between all the teams. I think there's a balance of guys like myself and those guys who are playing and, and retired international players. So, I think the standard of cricket's going to be, going to be pretty good. Um, and, and that's what was... You know, mentioned when we signed on these agreement that we'd have to be in decent that can be able to play to a reasonable level. And, you know, I think I'll be able to do that. That's the danger, presumably, isn't it? That that it could become a bit of a, a joke, or, or how serious the the players take it, or or are up to taking it. I, I think when you're dealing with you know the the, the players who who are you know within the teams, you're always talking about competitive guys. It doesn't matter if if the blokes are sixty, they'd still be competitive if they're playing cricket against each other. And as I said, there's a, there's a real nice blend of the guys who are still playing cricket, retired from international cricket. So there's no doubt the standard will be pretty good. Obviously, it's not going to be in the, to an international standard, but you're getting to see some guys like, you know, the Gilchrists of this world um, who, is, who can still play cricket. You're getting the chance to see him keep playing, which I think people still like doing. Well, I see Graham Smith seems to think he might use it as a launching pad to get back into international cricket. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he's been out of the game. Well, not, not, not for too long now. I know he had a couple of injuries. So, well, that's what I mean. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still as when you talk about guys like Tino Best and Sean Tate, still guys there who can bowl 90 miles an hour, which is slightly frightening from my point of view. But uh, it shows that it won't be just sort of, um, you know, when you think of masters, it certainly won't just be uh, guys who can't get their arm over anymore and guys who can't hit the ball. I think the, the level of cricket will be decent. So how long is it since you've sort of bowled seriously? Five years, probably since my last game. Um, you know, I've played one game at the Willows Cricket Club in Christchurch. Um, yeah, so it's been been a long time, mate. So it's going to be it's going to be a little bit strange. I think I'm bound to get a few black toenails again, which I'm not really looking forward to. But you still have, especially even when you bowl in the nets, you still have those competitive juices. You still don't like getting hit by batsmen, so. It'll be it'll be weird to be playing again, but I'm really looking forward to it. The back is is okay. Oh, back's been fine since you know 2004, so that's the good thing. I've got plenty of time to get ready for the tournament, and so far it's probably everything but the back that's hurt when I've started bowling. But I mean, that's going to happen when you haven't done it for so long. So it's 
no drama. I was talking to former Black Cap Shane Bond. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time for another week. Remember, you can keep up with the latest sports news by following us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. So on behalf of the Extra Time team, I'm Stephen Houston. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.